we give that to Jesus right now. Thank you, Lord. We love you. We praise you. We magnify you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It's always good to be in the house of God. What great uh, words by Brother Brock. Man, I, he could have just stayed up here and preached on that right there. Amen. I was ready to feast on that. No pun, well, pun intended. Yes. That's good stuff. But uh, it is always an honor to preach to this great congregation. I love my church. I love my pastor. I love my bishop. I love all these wonderful ministers. Uh, I give honor to all of them. And uh, it is always good to be in the house of God. Amen. Praise God. With that said, if you will turn with me, please, to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 10. And as you're turning there, I will say that, you know, this is a Sunday morning, so I do plan on teaching today. That's what I'm used to doing on Sunday mornings with college and career. Them and the rest of the young people I've stayed in today, and even though college and career have probably heard this lesson before, it will be taught a little differently, but I think it's important in the season that we are in as a church to make sure that we go forward the way God intends us to go forward. Amen. So reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 10, it says, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. I would like to teach for a little bit today on a cacophony or a symphony, a cacophony or a symphony. And I may be pronouncing that word wrong, but that's okay because that's how I'm going to pronounce it all day. So it's my message. I could say it how I want to say it. <laughs> you can correct me later in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, have your way today. Speak to us. Open our hearts and our minds to receive your word, God. I ask you to go with each and every one of us. Be a blessing to us. Help us, Lord, today as we teach and we, as we learn your word in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. A cacophony or a symphony. All of us should have goals. It is very important for us to be goal-oriented, and whatever those goals are, uh, I, I want to encourage you to go forward with your goals and, and with, with your purpose and whatever that may mean to you. Some of you may want to go to college and, and get a degree, and, and that's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I, I commend you and hope that all of us see those goals fulfilled. There's nothing wrong with having individual goals or individual purpose and, and uh, going to college or, or getting a specific job at work or completing something. This is all important. And it's to be encouraged. I, in my personal life, in the job that I work at, I have goals. I would like to get my LSIT, which is a land survey in training certificate. And from there, I would like to go on and get my LS. Uh, my professional land surveyors. And this is something that I would like to do personally. These are personal goals that I know that I have in my life that I need to accomplish. I need to accomplish them. I want to accomplish them. They're, they're goals. And my wife, she has her own goals. 
So even as a couple, as a married couple who love each other and, and root for each other, we have goals separate from each other. My wife wants to get her bachelor's, and she wants to go forward in that and, and grow in, in that side of things. So we're, we don't always line up on everything, but we're still encouraging to one another's goals. We're still pushing one another. Get that done. You need to finish that. You need to do that. And so whatever it is that your goals are today, your goals are important. And so I never want to, to diminish your own personal goals. I never want to put those down, especially working with young people. And, and every young person is different. You have young people that want to go to college, that are excited about college, that are excited about getting degrees. And then you have young people that don't. You have young people that have no desire to go to college, that they just want to go to work. They just want to do something. And, or we have other young people that they just want to work for the kingdom of God. And so it's all different. So you have to encourage that when working with young people and people alike, that goals are important. And you should have Church goals. You should have church goals in living for God. If you are not growing in the kingdom of God, that is not a good thing. If you are happy with where you are at this morning, that is not a good thing. If you are just satisfied with coming to church and sitting on a church pew, and that is all that you want to do for the rest of your life, that's not a good thing. There should be goals in us as Christians. You should have personal goals. You should have goals to read the entire Bible in a year. Goals to maybe fast more. Goals to maybe be a better Christian. How can I be closer to God? What can I do for the kingdom of God? These are things that can become goals and purposes in your mind that will help you grow as Christians, that will help us grow as men and women of God so that we do not become just stagnant and sitting on a pew and waste away, but we always have a purpose and a desire to do more for the kingdom of God. Amen. I'm talking about goals this morning, doing something, not being satisfied with where you're at. Doing something for the kingdom of God. And these goals are great. But in the midst of all of these goals, we cannot lose focus of the big picture and the ultimate goal of the church. Again, you can have individual goals. There's nothing wrong with that. You can have individual purpose. But we cannot, as the church... Lose focus of the ultimate goal of the church. And Jesus said that that goal was to seek and to save that which was lost. That was the whole purpose of Jesus coming to earth. It was the whole purpose of him walking amongst his people. Was to come and to seek and to save that which was lost. And that was his purpose. And that was what he was trying to put into the men that walked with him. That's what he was trying to put into his disciples. And he was trying to put into their minds and into their hearts that you're not just here to see miracles, Peter. You're not just here to see me walk on water, John. You're not just here to see all the things that I could do and tell about them. But I'm instilling something in you. I'm instilling something in you that you will continue to do. 
that when I leave and when I die on that cross and when I resurrect out of that grave and I rise up into the air, I have to instill something into my people that the message and the purpose of the church will go on. Amen. That was his purpose. And so he was putting that into these men. That these men didn't just worry about their own personal goals and worry about how uh, the revivals that were, they were preaching and worry about uh, who they got to talk to and where they got to go and what they got to do. But he was trying to put it into these men, into Peter, John, James, Andrew, Bartholomew, into these men of God that they are to continue the purpose and that was to see people changed, see lives changed, see hurting people pulled from this world and see them walk in newness of life. This was the goal of Jesus and this had become the goal of the disciples. They did not stop what Jesus was doing and begin to fight and argue with each other and begin to hate on one another another but instead they had the same goal and they had the same purpose we must seek and save that which was lost amen and in 2023 that is still the goal of the church hallelujah that has not changed. We have to make sure that this message is continuing to go forward. That this message does not fall and does not stop here. But this message has to go out in there into our city. Hallelujah. There are hungry people out there right now that need God. That need a washing. That need the Holy Ghost. That need to be baptized in Jesus' name. And it's yours and my job to make sure they hear the message. Hallelujah. We need to still be searching for those who are lost and hurting. We need to still be searching for those who are in need. That is the purpose of the church. In the midst of all of our own personal goals, we cannot lose sight of revival. And the revival that I believe that we are in right now. We cannot lose sight of where God is taking us. And what God wants to see done in these next few days. So you may think, what does that have to do with a cacophony or a symphony? What is a cacophony? Dictionary says that it is a harsh, discordant mixture of sounds. Another definition said a discordant or meaningless mixture of sounds. Meaning that if everyone is just doing their own thing, it does not sound pretty at all. But it sounds meaningless. An example of that would be if I called on Brother Garrett to stand up and to testify. But at the same time he was testifying, I just kept preaching. And then at the same time, while he's testifying, I reach over here and call on somebody else to start testifying. And they stand up and start testifying. And they're both testifying at the same time, but I don't stop preaching. And then somebody else says, well, I have a word from God. And so they stand up and they have something to say. And so everybody's speaking at the same time. And what would ultimately end up happening is you would hear nothing. You would just hear a bunch of noise. You would just hear a bunch of people talking. Nobody would be edified. 
nobody would be helped. Everybody would leave here being very confused and say, wow, Brother Casey lost his mind. But that is what a cacophony is. And it would be the same thing on the instruments. If Brother McAllister got up and he could play a beautiful song on the keyboard and he could be playing something absolutely beautiful. But if Brother Colby gets up on the organ and he starts playing something completely different, and then Brother uh, Elijah gets up and starts playing something completely different on the guitar. And they're playing three completely different songs. And then the drummer, Brother Trent, gets up and he's trying to keep up with all three different songs. I'm telling you, it's not going to be pretty. It's going to be meaningless. It's not going to mean anything when you have all these beautiful songs, but they're not on the same page. They're not doing the same thing. They're not going the same way. That is a cacophony. And oftentimes this can happen in the church. You can get out of sorts with somebody or you can get upset with somebody or upset with the way somebody's doing something. And this is not the purpose of the church. But the purpose of the church is to be in one mind and one accord. It is to seek and to save that which was lost. But if we... Uh, as individuals all have different goals when we're coming to the house of God and when we're coming and we're sitting in service and, and this person wants to do this during the church service and this person wants to do that, then all of a sudden it becomes a cacophony. It becomes a mess. It becomes meaningless. But when all of a sudden we get in one mind and one accord and we begin to start singing the same song, what begins to happen in a church service like that, exactly what happened this morning, God begins to move in. And he begins to seek and to save those who are lost. He begins to reach people and talk to people and, and help people who are struggling and who are going through difficulties. When we become a symphony instead of a cacophony, we become a soul-saving station. We become a place where people can be changed, where lives can be different, where you can walk out of here different than you came in. We as individuals, we can have our own personal goals. But when we put them together for the kingdom of God, it can become a beautiful symphony. There are a lot of different ministries in this church right now. I myself, I am the youth pastor. I work with young people. And that's fine. But this goal has to still be the same. Seeking to save that which was lost. See young people filled with the Holy Ghost. Brother Jordan Johnson, he is part of our children's ministry. But the goal still needs to be the same. Seeking to save that which was lost. See children filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. That's the whole purpose. Brother Brock's ministry is different than mine. But his goal is to seek and to save that which was lost. That's the goal. That's the purpose, the different ministries. Even with, uh, with music, Brother McAllister's ministry is different than mine. But his purpose is still to create an atmosphere where people can seek and save that which was lost. 
He, to create an atmosphere where somebody can come to an altar and somebody can be filled with the Holy Ghost and walk out of here different. That is the goal. And that's how we take different ministries and we begin to put them together and we mold them together for the purpose of the church. Hallelujah. Amen. That's what we're here to do. We're not here to be individuals, but we're here to be the church and to see somebody say. That's why it's so important that we need to get our eyes off of the problems of the church and get our eyes set back on the one that makes the church go forward, and that's Jesus. Amen. I'm going to say that again because I don't want to just gloss over that, but we need to get our eyes off of the problems of the church. If you're looking for a perfect church, you're going to be looking for the rest of your life because there is no such thing. When you got people involved, you're not going to find perfection because we ain't perfect. So you're going to keep looking and you're going to keep looking and you're going to find problems at this church. You're going to find problems at that church. Well, these people looked at me funny. These people were too friendly. These people weren't friendly enough. They, and you're never going to be satisfied. You're never going to be happy because we got our eyes on the wrong things. We got our eyes on the problems instead of on Jesus. Hallelujah. You want to create a cacophony? You want to create a mess and something that is meaningless? Start bashing the church. Start tearing the church down. Every chance you get, go ahead, start talking about what's wrong with the church. Start talking about the things that you don't like instead of the things you do like. Start talking about whether it's too loud or whether it's not loud enough or it's too cold or not cold enough. Our church is too friendly. It's not friendly enough. You may say, that's ridiculous. How could you be too friendly? I'm telling you, there's some people that think that we shouldn't have meet and greet because we're too friendly. The church needs to be friendly. If we're going to see this world saved, we need to be friendly. We need to reach people and love people like never before. This is a cacophony. When people start talking like this and start uh, discussing all the things that they hate about the church instead of the things that they love, it becomes a grand cacophony. It just becomes a big mess instead of talking about the great things of the church. If you want somebody to not be filled with the Holy Ghost, tell them all the bad things about the church. I have never once seen somebody filled with the Holy Ghost through complaints. I've never seen anybody come to an altar after hearing about how bad the church is and what's wrong with the church and the difficulties in the church. I've never seen anybody come to an altar and their life be changed. But I have seen people filled with the Holy Ghost after hearing about Jesus and after hearing about what the church can do for them. 
And after hearing somebody's testimony, how I was once on drugs, I was once messed up, I was once running this world, but I went to an apostolic altar, and God changed my life. God washed me. He cleansed me. He made me different. All of a sudden, they're building something in somebody else, and they want what you have. They want that. They don't want your complaints. They don't want your difficulties. They don't want your garbage. They want what did Jesus Let's do for you. Yes. Hallelujah. What did Jesus do for you? Where has Jesus brought you from? That's what we need to be talking about. That's what we need to be ministering. That's what we need to be telling people. Hallelujah. 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 Amen, amen. If we want true revival, we need to get off of our high horses and singing our own little song and our own pity parties and singing about what we can do and where I should be and start singing the song of the church. Start singing the songs that can save somebody's soul. Start singing the songs that are going to bring encouragement, that are going to lift somebody up, that's going to lift up the church, that's going to lift up your Pastor, hallelujah. Let's stop singing about me, me, me. And let's start singing about him. Amen, amen, amen. In fact, it has always been the opposite that when someone starts tearing down the church to their families and start tearing down the pastor and start tearing down the ministry and have nothing good to say, most of those families don't make it. Most of those families end up having lost loved ones. Most of those families end up having kids not wanting to be a part of the church because all they heard about is how bad the church is and how uh, wrong they're doing things and how they could do things better and, and instead of hearing all the things that are great about the church. Amen. My goal is to see my children saved. That's why I don't talk about the church. I don't bash the church. I don't bash my pastor. I don't talk about my pastor to my kids. I love my pastor. I love who my pastor is, and I love what he's put in me, and I'm going to stand by the man of God that God has put in my life because first and foremost, I must see my children saved. Hallelujah. And then I want to see my grandchildren saved and my great-grandchildren. So you're not going to hear me talk about the church because I want my children saved. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. I do my best to try and teach my children. If you don't like something, get involved in it. Try to be a help. Try to make it better. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Can I get an amen on that? Praise God. Let's be a part of the solution, not the problem. Complaining about things does not make it a part of the solution. It makes it a part of the problem. If we all, and this is kind of where I'm leading to and going to, and this is not a promotion for it at all, but I know 
that this is where we need to be. And, but if we all got on board with the full harvest, I'm telling you right now, this church cannot contain the revival that will be coming. If we all got on board with the full harvest, that's what makes the full harvest beautiful. And that's what makes the full harvest a symphony and not a cacophony. Because the full harvest, if you don't know what I'm talking about, it is what we are in the midst of right now where you have some who are praying. They're part of a prayer team. You have some who are going out on outreach and they're part of an outreach team. And you have some who are, who are, are doing follow-up and they're part of a follow-up team. And you have all these different teams and you have all these people doing these different deeds and doing these different things, but what it ultimately is, is becoming is a beautiful symphony to reach our world. It's becoming a beautiful symphony, a beautiful song as they come together and as they, they, they're reaching those who are hungry and those who are hurting. That is what the harvest is all about. Praise God. We need to get on board with this harvest. We need to get on board with what God is trying to do in our city. Hallelujah. We need to get on board with the symphony that God is trying to sing to this world through the church. Hallelujah. Because it is our mission. It is our purpose to seek and to save that which was lost. That's the purpose. That's the purpose of where we are going and what we are doing. Hallelujah. You can have your own personal goals, but as long as we have the purpose to reach our world. In Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 12, it says, And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. We oftentimes look at this verse and we use it in weddings and different situations such as that. We talk to young couples that are getting married and we often say, you know, this is an important verse because a threefold cord is not easily broken. And we often talk about the threefold cords being me, my wife, and God, right? And, and we often use it in that reference, in that frame. But I often, when I read that verse, I think of the church. And I went bungee jumping several years ago. It was probably about 13, 14 years ago. I went bungee jumping. And they took us out to this bridge. It was in the middle of nowhere. And it was here that they began to train us and talk to us about the importance of safety and bungee jumping. And, and they, they set us down, and the whole purpose of this training was to take away some of our fears, right? So they're talking to us, letting us know exactly what they're doing and how they're going to do it to, to create uh, less fear in our minds and in our brains when we get up there to jump off this bridge. And so they're talking to us, and and they're giving us good instruction, and the man definitely knew what he was talking about. And he starts talking about the cords that will be strapped to us. 
And these cords that we will be putting our lives in their hands of these cords. And so these cords we are going to put our trust into, believing that these cords are not going to break. Believing that these cords, when I hit the bottom, they're going to bounce back up and make sure that I survive. And we're putting a lot of faith in some cords. And, but as he begins to talk to us and tell us why we should not be fearful of this, he begins to talk about the cords that they'll be using. And he said that we don't just use enough cords to support you, but we use way more than enough to make sure that there is not a problem. So we're going to use more than to support your weight. And the example that he gave is for someone who is about 200 pounds. We're not just going to use supportive cords to support 200 pounds. But what we're going to use is we're going to use enough cords to make sure that it supports over 2,000 pounds. Now, that was pretty relieving, <laughs> you know, especially in this moment when I'm about ready to jump off a, br finally, a very nice bridge. There was nothing wrong with this bridge. Still wonder why I jumped off of it. But to hear that they're going to support 2,000 pounds just in case some of those cords gave out, that they would support 2,000 pounds, not just 200 they weren't just trying to support my weight, but they were trying to support way more than just me. And there was a man in our group that stepped up, and he was a very large man. He weighed over 400 pounds. And I know that because they had a scale up there, and they had to weigh each and every one of us. And so this man got on the scale, and he was well over 400 pounds. And so they said just to make him feel comfortable and to let everybody know that was there, we are not using 2,000-pound cords, but we are using enough to support 4,000 pounds. So the bigger you are, the more cords they would use to support you so that you would become more comfortable in what you were doing, knowing that these cords were there to make you stronger, to support you, to build you up, to hold you, to hold you together, to keep you from falling all the way to the ground. But enough cords to support a 4,000-pound person. The point being, if a three-fold cord is strong, how much stronger is the church when you get a hundred-fold cord? How much stronger is the church when you get a 200-fold cord, when you get a 300-fold cord? And that they're all on the same page. And they're all saying, let's have revival. And they're all saying, let's see people saved. Let's save our city. What happens when 300 people say, let's have revival, let's do it, let's get, stop arguing about the dumb things, and let's stop complaining about the things that don't matter, but let's start talking about the things that do. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If we want one person to be saved, we need a hundred cords to hold that person up. Hallelujah. Let's not just support them with one, but let's support them with a hundred. If we see two people saved, we need 200 people saying, we got you. We're praying for you. We're here for you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. This is what the church is supposed to be. Uh, hallelujah. We are supposed to be in one mind and uh, one accord. Uh, we are supposed to have one purpose. Uh, amen. And when we begin to do that uh, and we begin to go forward, uh, revival is in the house. Praise God. Amen. As the musicians come. A good example of this, and, and I want to make it clear that, that I'm talking about this, one, because uh, it's happening. It's happening. The harvest is happening. And I'm telling you, people are on one mind and one accord. I'm not here complaining. I'm not here bashing anybody. I'm just wanting everybody to get on the same boat and to go forward. But we are seeing this happen. In fact, I have an awesome example just this week of people being in one mind and one cord and having a made up mind to see people saved and see lives changed and she might be listening online right now and if so I'm not trying to embarrass you but I love you Sister Willie Sister Willie is on my tribe and if you don't know Sister Willie you need to meet her she is an amazing lady Amen. We love Sister Willie, and I know that there is a lot of people in here that love Sister Willie. Well, I've been gone for the last two weeks. We were on peak, and we were on a little bit of vacation. And she's on my tribe, but she apparently had, a, had foot surgery just this week, correct, on Monday. Well, I was obviously gone. I was not able to, to really help, reach out, and, and I wasn't there. But what I'm thankful for is I'm thankful for other men and women of this church that stepped up and, and, and took charge of that instead of bashing me and saying, where's Brother C.J. when you need it? Somebody's on his tribe. He's not here to help out. Well, we should just take him off the tribe list because he doesn't know what he's doing. But instead of bashing me, we have people like, like Brother and Sister Fields and Brother and Sister Johnson and others who took that upon themselves to make sure that she was taken care of, to make sure that she was fed, to make sure that the church was there for Sister Willie. This is a symphony. This is a symphony. When we begin to work together as the church, they didn't complain to me, but I text Sister Willie when I got home. I text her, I believe it was on Wednesday night. And I said, Sister Willie, I had heard that you had surgery. Just reaching out, see how everything's going. You know what Sister Willie said? She said, oh, the, the fields just left. They just brought me food. And she said, I want to tell you, the church has been amazing to me. I am so thankful for the church. That's awesome. That's what we want, right? 
That's the goal, is a symphony to where those who are hurting can see that the church is still being the church. To see that the church is still loving. The church is still reaching. The church is still making a difference. Hallelujah. We're still making a difference in people's lives because we're being there for them. We're reaching out for them. We're being a symphony instead of a concophony. Can we just pray right now together? Oh, Lord God, speak to us this morning. Speak to us this morning. Speak to our minds. Speak to our hearts. Oh, God, I want to be a part of the symphony, Lord. I don't want to be a part of the cacophony. I don't want to be a part of something that's trying to tear down what the church is trying to do. But, God, I want to be involved, God. As we all stand, when you think about a symphony, it's amazing. If, if you've ever seen a symphony, I've, I've, I've seen it before, you know, hundreds and hundreds of instruments. Just one instrument being out of tune. Just one instrument being off key can throw off the entire symphony. Just one. If you don't believe me, you can look it up online. It's there. You can find it. Just one instrument being off can take a beautiful symphony and turn it into a cacophony. But what is also impressive is that there are instruments oftentimes in symphonies that seem so insignificant outside of it. Take the triangle, for instance. If I was up here with the triangle, I'd probably look pretty stupid. Brother CJ, king of the triangle. <laughs> Stand up here with my triangle. Ding. <laughs> Ring my little triangle bell. Like, what is he doing? Why? And in the midst of something like this, it probably would be pretty insignificant. But if you put that triangle... In the midst of a symphony, all of a sudden it becomes important. It has its place. And it means something to that symphony. That symphony wouldn't be the same without it. And that's each and every one of us in this place today. You may have come here this morning feeling insignificant. Feeling like, how do I fit in? Where do am I a part? I'm here to tell each and every person here, you fit. You are a part. You can be a part of the symphony. You don't have to be the cacophony. You don't have to be the mess. But you can get involved. Get involved with the church. Hallelujah. Fall in love with the church. Fall in love with what the church is doing. Become a part of the solution. Be a part of what God is doing in our city. Be a part of what God is doing in our world. Hallelujah. Let's fall in love with this thing. Let's fall in love with what God is doing. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I wonder if just to be a part of the symphony, if we can all come down this morning. If we can all just take that step and come to an altar and say, God, make me a part of the symphony. 
I don't want to be a good company. I don't want to make my own noise. But God, let me be a part of something bigger. Let me be a part of something greater. God, use me, Jesus. Use me, Lord. Use me, mighty God. I run into it, find safety.